Welcome to the Laws of Wellness, brought to you by Zaparis Lawyers. Here are your hosts, Dr. Damien Christoph and Marcus Pierce. Hello and welcome to the Laws of Wellness, brought to you by Zaparis Lawyers. Marcus Pierce here with you, and as always, I'm joined by the King of Wellness, Dr. Damien Christoph. How are you, legend? Oh, I'm great, thank you, Piercey. Great to be joined uh, by you again today, and to have such a great discussion. This is juicy. Today, for our good friends at Zaparis, we are talking about the laws of news consumption and how news stresses us out. I think it might ruffle a few feathers, Damo. Yeah, well, it's interesting because news is such an addictive thing, right? So, we'll, you know, we'll be talking, you know, about the impact of the addiction to news and then the impact of the physiological um response to news and the bad cycle of news that we continue to be you know so attracted to so what's it doing to us what's the impact and how do we unwind that impact we'll be chatting about that today enjoy this episode of the laws of wellness Damo, big topic today, controversial topic for many people, and that is news consumption and its impact on our health. I'm excited about this conversation because I'm going to come from the journalistic element as a former mass media, radio, TV producer for seven or eight years, and you're going to come from the health professional element. But first things first, Damo, can we both acknowledge that even though we're talking about the news and health consequences, we both still love a bit of news? Yeah, that's true. Although I have to tell you, sometimes you read the news about, you know, your football team and you don't ever want to <laughs> open that news again. I actually got to the point where I, I, I cancelled my subscription the other day from uh, from a newspaper because they said bad things about my favourite player. And that leads me, it's a nice segue, into the immediate um, – stress impact of a news article on your body. So, mm. you know, I I experienced it. I felt it. I then saw the ramifications of that with my team bowing out in the first round of the finals. And that for me was a trigger for me to kind of go, okay, this is NQR, not quite right. I don't want to be supporting this sort of journalism. It's got me fired up. It's got me <laughs> cross. It got me angry. Oh, well, I'm glad we're recording this episode right now. And here's the thing, folks. There has been a lot of research published on the health impacts of news consumption. And to put a headline on it, it is that news stresses us out. And whether it's your footy team bowing out of the finals or whether it's actually uh, something happening that you can't control that is that is a is a, a bad news story. Um, today, we're going to talk about the health impacts of news consumption. And Damo, let's start with that. We do consume on average 10,000 stories a year. That's mm-hmm. 200 a week it's 30 or 40 a day it's actually more than that now i think given that social media has become a news feed and not just a a feed of photos and videos of our friends and family but news the consumption of news has been proven to raise cortisol levels can you talk to everyone uh listening about cortisol what it is and and what impact it has on the body that's incredible. Those stats, PC, it just blows my mind that we consume 40 to 50 news articles a day. But it's not somehow. that surprising, is it, when you think about the day and our habits, particularly with our phones and radio and yeah. TV and news yeah. is everywhere. Yeah, there always seems to be a war one. There always seems to be a dead person. Uh, mm-hmm. Then there's probably some kind of workplace incident. A dodgy politician um, story. Dodgy politician story. Yeah. Um, a sports story and then weather. I mean, weather, where I am in Melbourne, causes me a lot of stress. There's and no the one good news story, maybe get poked at the last 30 seconds of the bulletin if there's yeah. time. 
Yeah, Iron Someone's also died who's famous. Yep. They're the things that have happened. That's right. <laughs> we could do the news That's every day now after yeah, that, I reckon. <laughs> We've got our script. We've got our script. But you're right, Piercy. Uh, the impact of cortisol is significant. And so let's just look at it. So the stress hormones um, that we consider when we're talking about stress are things like adrenaline and cortisol. Adrenaline makes our heart beat faster. So we get a fright, a shock. Uh, we move into fight or flight. Uh, that sort of um, event, that sort of um, response by our body is a normal metabolic response to a stressor that gives us a fright that makes us want to you know, flee, get out of that situation. So that might be if you're listening to the news and you're driving to work and you swerve slightly to miss a cat or a kid, um, and that gives you that gives you an adrenaline rush. But the cortisol dump that we get from listening to the news is a angry grumpy stress response is a stress response that gives us um, a negative kind of impact. We crave food as a result of cortisol. We want to eat things that, uh, that we Comfort crave. us? So, well, that would be a comforting um, response, yes. I would imagine? Yeah, comfort spelt with an E. That's right, because we, start, we, start, we crave stuff as a result of cortisol. So we crave, and crave starts with C and is an E. So does, you know, so does comfort starts with C chocolate, and Z. And so does chocolate and carbohydrate and caffeine cabbage. and coke and cabbage. <laughs> That's right, sauerkraut, <laughs> cabbage. Yeah, there are people who are healthy who crave cabbage. You know my one-liner, when in doubt, sauerkraut. Do you? Particularly after a stressful news bulletin, I always go for the sauerkraut. <laughs> <laughs> Do you really? Uh, you're hilarious, PC. I love that. Uh, and so we crave stuff. And so as a result of craving stuff, we're going to eat more foods that are going to make us want to crave more things. So we start to eat things that are you know, sweet fats. Well, and, and the sweet fats are what gives us the issues with uh, weight gain and then the concomitant issues associated with heart disease and diabetes. So like that persistent state of cortisol, hypercortisolemia, um, which is kind of almost subclinical. There's no symptoms really other than weight gain and fatigue and craving. Like if you've got weight gain and fatigue and you're craving stuff, then that's your symptom of too much cortisol running through your body. But these news articles, like this abundance of news, and generally it's alarmist type news. Well, it has to be to get our attention. It's the blood, was it? Yeah. If it bleeds, it leads. So you've got to have a negative news story to get someone's attention. This is it. So that stuff, it's hard. It's hard for humans just to move past that. It's not like, yeah, it's 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 hard for humans to get past that. And we'll come back to that shortly about you know a normal physiological response. But cortisol has an impact on the way in which you use your fuel and what fuels you'll crave. And so this is the, you know, we'll get into the behavioral side of this in a moment, but particularly if you are working and you are waking up in the morning and you might be turning on the TV and it's going to be a news show and then you're checking your phone and you're consuming the news and then you're driving to work and you're likely going to be listening to some news or maybe some music mixed with some news. It's really hard to then walk into the workplace Mm -hmm. presenting the best version of you when most of the media or information you've consumed that morning is negative. And let's be honest, it's about things that you can do nothing about. So generally people come in to an environment feeling powerless and that does not allow people to bring their best performance into their chosen role or whatever their team, whatever their role is in a team. And so uh, perhaps can you talk to um, that from a, from an anxiety and a behavioral perspective, because I know you talk about, you know, crack your stress code. When, if you think about this in a workplace perspective, what types of behaviors 
could we potentially, and people get sensitive about this, could we attribute to someone's um, preparation for the workday from a from a you know a news consumption response? Yeah, I love it, PC. Well, I, I think it, the way you start the day makes a big difference. You know, so if you start the day with a fright, let's say it's a uh, you know alarm. Well, like you said, off. you could you said the swerving the swerving child. You know, yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, diff- imagine you started with an alarm clock, right? And then you start the day with a coffee. So you start with an alarm clock that puts you into shock or fright. You know, it it wakes you out of that beautiful dream you were having. You know, just before mm. the alarm goes off. The alarm goes off. It's a shock. You go, oh my gosh, got a shock. Um, then you wake up. The first thing you do is maybe have a shower or brush your teeth, or maybe you don't. Maybe you go straight to the, the coffee and have a coffee. Um, and then you're kicking off your adrenal glands, and so then you're already primed for stress. Then you swerve to miss the cat or a kid, and so that there is another stress, another fright. Um, and then you're you're laden with more um, stressors emotional stimuli that make you feel poorly or, you know, sad or um, shocked or dismayed or angry or whatever it is. It's generally a news article is not there to make you feel great. Mm-hmm. So you're going to feel poorly. Um, you'll go into the workplace thinking doom and gloom. You know, you'll go to the workplace feeling like the world is already on top of you. That You know, it, unless you played um, – you know, walking on sunshine just before, as you were walking into your workplace. <laughs> like, unless you did that right, you are likely to be feeling a little bit humdrum, a little bit melancholy, um, like everything's on top of you and you're starting from behind the eight ball. Mm. So um, I would encourage people to, you know, switch off from that because your attention to detail will be decreased. Your ability to have a meaningful conversation will be decreased. Your ability to have... Um, uh, care and consideration and um, compassion will be altered because you cannot be compassionate when you are stressed. Mm. So when you're stressed and there's cortisol running through your system, you cannot physiologically be compassionate. Um, and if you're in, a, in an environment where you need to show compassion, we need to show some level of understanding and you're already fired up and charged up and it's only nine o'clock, Oh my gosh! I feel for your colleagues. I you know, it's work, it's, it's really interesting. I've got a couple of questions for you here, but it's really interesting that you say this because I think you know, in the COVID times, it was always this. Well, um, what about the people that are going through their challenges? But then, even with say the war um, in Russia, it's almost like the more people are informed about what's going on on the other side of the world, the and and that's stressy the less compassionate they're going to feel towards colleagues who have got issues going on at home, which let's be honest, that could be a first, it could be what we would call a first world problem. But it does, interestingly that you say that, it does make it harder to be compassionate towards people when we're so informed about other people's um, experiences, again, in places that we cannot influence. Yeah, yeah, 100%, totally. And yeah, that lack of compassion then kind of, it becomes a breeding ground for you know further lacks of compassion or um, whispers uh, or conversations that are had um, behind closed doors or behind people's backs, and and that's because there's a lack of sensitivity. So you know if you feel like your workplace is you know breeding a little bit of that culture, um, part of it could be that maybe everybody's starting the day. Um, with some bad news. Yeah, bad and, news. And, and and to get straight into the solution part of this, going on a news diet, and as Damo, you just said, you know, the start of your day is so important, like having a sacred 
ritual in the day that sets you up to be in a great mood. Again, particularly when people rely on you and are depending on you from a team perspective is it's a, it's of a large consequence if it's not there. Now, Damo, you mentioned this earlier and I, and I want to bring, bring this into the conversation. Again, I come from a, a media background where you are paid to bring the most controversial news stories to uh, whatever show or a program you're working on. You come from this physiological realm and you mentioned it earlier about, you know, we're more attuned to, um, sense the bad news. So, again, negative news sells more than good news sells. Um, can you talk about the physiology of this, the reason why this is true? Because physiologically we are attuned to sense danger, aren't we? Can you explain that in, in layman's terms for people? Yeah, well, the, the body is primed to um, protect itself, to always survive. So whether or not we injure ourselves, our, you know, or, or we, you know, fall over, or we see something that's alarming. Our body will always be ready to um, protect us. So we will fall over, to, and we'll put our hands out to break a fall. Um, we'll hear a rustling in the bush, and we'll, you know, we'll look around, startled, trying to work out what it is. Um, our body wants to continue to stay alive. Like our brain wants to continue to thrive, and so it'll always be primed to ready to rock and roll. You said before we came onto the mics, before we turned the mics on, you said we're uh, more likely to see the tiger um, than the, I don't know, what was it? The rainbow or the sunshine the or the river this flowing. Yeah. We, and I loved, and it was more not about the words that you use, but the sentiment. Like we're more primed to see the danger or more primed to see the stuff that's threatening our lives than to see the stuff that's actually going to, you know, quantify or qualify our lives, you know. So that's, I think it's really, uh, you know, you make a great point there. The physiology of that is that that high alert, it's addictive to be, in adrenaline like adrenaline is a very addictive substance and we feel mm. good from it cortisol mm. is a very addictive substance um but we also get an endorphin rush so we get an endorphin rush when we eat um and we get an endorphin rush when we run so we get an endorphin rush when we have activity um but then we also get a hormone rush called serotonin and serotonin actually uh, is fired up and triggered in our body when we eat or when we're happy um so the sensation of happiness is kind of mimicked by eating food. And the impact of that, if we're in cortisol or we've got too much you know, cortisol running through our body too frequently, we will crave food because we think that that makes us feel better and we get happiness from the consumption of food that's probably not good for us, but it puts us into further stress. And so that cycle continues to evolve. We get ourselves in. <laughs> oh, it sounds so trouble. vicious, but I reckon so many people can relate to it right now. They're like, oh, totally. that's exactly what I do. Yeah, that's in, and so many people identify with that. So that's the endorphin rush. We get the same endorphin rush from running around the block or, you know, breaking that pain barrier. But, you know, the physiological addiction to fright and flight, which is a, a physiological addiction to adrenaline, that's a, that's a normal thing. Like we and, all go through. Yeah, it. and this is, you know, I've spoken about this in many um, environments before, and I do find that I, when I talk about potentially going on a news diet, the news addicts, the junkies, and like you said, it's very addictive, will will get angry. I can't do that. I must be informed. And so I'd love to just begin to take this conversation on a slightly different um, angle and and talk about the solutions, or mm-hmm. um, because I don't want it to feel like that everyone can't watch the news anymore. Um, can you talk about, um, and I'm, I'm putting you on the spot here, but I'd love to know your view on it, is um, being able to watch the news but not being, but not having to get stuck in the stress of it. So 
I want to finish this episode with some solutions, but I'd also like your take on what you do personally if you, you know, you know that there's bad news coming because you're watching the news, but you already make a decision not to get sucked in by it, so to speak. I actually find watching politicians on television way more stressful than watching somebody dead on the side of a road, which I think that is a lot of people would feel this is the same because this the sight of somebody dead on the on the side of the road is um, we, we've become accustomed to desensitized. Sort of yeah, yeah, we've yep. been desensitized because the movies and TV shows and the news every single day has made us feel like that's just that's just normal, and it doesn't impact us. Day, like it doesn't unless it's a family member, and I hope you feel listening to this that hasn't happened to you or a friend, but if that that doesn't impact us directly immediately. But when you're about to be given some news as a result of a politician um, or a decision made in parliament or something that's going to, or the, you know, the Reserve Bank, for example, like if you've got those sorts of stressors that you're about to witness, you're about to experience that have an impact on your body, you're probably not able to turn away. Like you, you're not able to turn away um, and you're not able to, dampen the impact of that on your phys- on your physiology it's harder to turn away so you've actually got to turn it off and be unaware of it like you're better off finding out that news consciously ignorant else. i think is the what is is um what yeah, i'm often let saying, somebody yeah. else tell you yeah let someone else tell the news like so get someone to you know to break it down for you give you the summary the cliff notes oh this is happening oh, okay cool as opposed to you know being totally charged up by it. but pc i would love to hear from you about this because you write about this in your book so your exceptional life which is a great book if you haven't got it you should go get it Thank you. i know we can't do any plugs for this but it is a great book PC. i do love it um so if you know tell us what do you what do you say what's your well thing? i think you just touched on it beautifully i think let the community be your new service um, because if you don't know something, you'll always bump into people that do. Uh, and again, if you're watching this and you know that you know you listen to the news on the way into work every morning, if you don't listen to it that morning, guarantee you that there will be colleagues that tell you what happened. That it will just come up in conversation. So I don't think we have to feel like we're going to miss out. The, the FOMO factor is not real with news because it will find you. Don't worry. The news will find you some way. Um, But I also think, you know, never forget the most important news. And this might be sensitive for some people, but the news of your family and your friends and the colleagues that you, you know, rely on work with most, get their news. What's happening in their life? What are the headlines of their life? What are the what are the sports stories of their life? What's the weather like in their life? And I'm being a bit euphemistic and metaphorical here, but the most important news is actually knowing what's happening in the lives of the people nearest and dearest to you. So often we switch off, you know, we watch we watch the news with our children by our side watching TV, all silently watching the news of everyone else whilst we're eating our dinner that we got from Macca's. And it's like, well, what, what, why can't we sit around the table and get the news of everyone else around us? And we've spoken many times before about food being a great connector to actually yeah. stimulate conversation. And you've mentioned already just a um, number of times in this episode how food is a, a comforter for so many people when they're under stress. But we can also use it in a really empowering way of bringing people together and getting their news. And, and I do think that the other part is that 
we are so blessed living in this in these times from a technological perspective that podcasts, books, and if you don't like reading, you've now got audio books and incredible movies and series and you can binge stuff that you just love. And I think that's a real blessing that it's not about um, being uh, going on a news diet. It's actually about consciously choosing your own media. And whether it's Netflix or Stan or Binge or Facebook or whatever it is, like consciously choose what you want to consume. Because when you do watch mainstream media, you are being fed what they want to give you, what's going to keep your eyeballs on them. But when you go, no, I want to read that book, I want to listen to that podcast, I want to watch that movie, I want to, I want to study that course, that online program, that's a very active learning process rather than the news consumption is a passive learning process and so i think that's just really important that we become consciously aware of um of how we like to consume information yeah i love that pc and i think you know to finish that off you know i don't know if i've got much more to add you know in terms of this in terms of this conversation but i was listening to one of my great friends john aiken um who's the psychologist on maths now what just saying that might actually trigger a few people because they think that maths is crazy um (laughs) john's actually a really great guy like he's a a great guy and he's not involved in this decision making process of a reality tv show let me tell you that but what i what he said to me once um and he also did an interview just recently on another podcast with sam wood and one of the takeaways was at the end of the night in terms of news ask your partner your significant other what is it that's stressing them out at the moment? And he said, just get them to tell you what it is that's stressing them out and then get them to do exactly the same thing. You know, ask you what's stressing you out because that's news that you can actually digest. And that's called a debrief. But he said the most important thing here is to listen to that and don't fix it. Mm. He said, just listen, don't fix, don't offer a solution, don't offer up, you know, what I would do in that situation. Don't offer up anything like that. Just listen, don't fix, let mm. people download, debrief. And so if there's something that's triggered you in the day, whether it's been on the news or whether it's been in the workplace or whether it's been with your mates, make sure you get to debrief about it at the end of the day. And that's a great way to get that stress out of your body, to down-regulate cortisol, and then you have a better sleep. That's a great uh, thing to do. Great way to finish this conversation, Damo, and thank you for sharing. And I think if you come to it from the health practices and the stress perspective and then also understanding a bit about how the media works, then we have uh, achieved our goal on this episode. So consider how many stories you're consuming per year, maybe how many a day. Consider how much uh, the news stresses you out and and raises your cortisol levels. Consider if you want to adjust any behavior around your news consumption and then look at your own, uh, whether you want to choose your own media more consciously, um, podcasts, books, you know, um, streaming services and so on. And never forget the most important news and that is the news of your family, friends and loved ones. Damo, thanks again for your wisdom as always. Thank you so much, Marcus. Unreal. Great chat. Damo, that was a cracking episode, if I do say so myself. Uh, <laughs> what are you? What did you get out of that one? That was a really good conversation. Hope our friends at Zaparis Lawyers enjoyed it. Yeah, me too. Me too. I, I, you know, what I know about the workplace um, for most people is that there's relationships that are testy. There's relationships that could be improved. Um, not every, not everything is rainbows and unicorns. I've got to tell you, Piercy. Mm. So, in a space where you know that things could be going on, it's highly likely that people 
are being triggered by stuff. And if you know that maybe someone's only talking about the bad news, it's possible they need to listen to this podcast. Um, but what I, I love having these little chats, PC, because it brings stuff up and you start to think about, oh, yeah, that's how I react. Oh, yeah, that's happened to me before. Oh, yeah, that's happened to Johnny, you know, just down the road. Or, yeah, that's happening to Effie. So you wanting to have those sorts of chats to people about, you know, the impact of a negative news cycle on your physiology. I think it's really important. So for everyone at Zaparis, if you've been listening to this and you've got colleagues at Zaparis that you want to share this with, you've got family and and friends that you want to share this with, please go ahead and do so. Thanks again for joining us on this episode of Zaparis Lawyers. And until next time, as we like to say, continue to make the rest of your life the best of your life. Bye for now.